0: Oh hey, welcome to the after party. My name's Ronnie and I'm glad you could make it. Here's where we're gonna debrief about the previous episode. Maybe do some contextual cleanup if necessary, but mostly just elaborate on opinions that have already been stated. Make yourself at home. In the previous episode, my friend Mia and I unpacked anorexia. There was a lot to think about and so I really didn't voice many of the opinions I had based on what she was saying. But I guess that's what the after party's for. After that episode was recorded, when I was lying in bed that very night, I had a lot of thoughts and opinions just kind of ruminating in my mind, and I had to write them all down so I didn't internally combust just with the sheer amount of stuff I was processing. I can't even imagine what it was like for Mia herself when she was going through all of that to experience it all firsthand. Um, But yeah, I decided to journal it all out, and in true poet fashion, I managed to write up a half-poem, half-not-poem letter to the church as my first thought before continuing on with any other thought that I wanted to write down. And this is that poem thing. (laughs) Dear church, we've been hit between the eyes, fading out before we even hit the ground. We're pointing fingers at an enemy we can only sometimes identify. Blaming him for the state of the world, but We didn't keep our hands up. We cry that our world is overrun with sex drugs and rock and roll, so much so that we don't realise that the devil's touch has already gripped our souls. He's hijacked our minds and lightened the gravity of depression, and trivialised the paralyze of anxiety. We sit at each other's tables, boasting of all the food we share with households not invited, but when was the last time we truly met our neighbours? Let us not get so caught up in the Great Commission that we forget that the individual is the mission. Whew! Well, I know that sounds like some hefty hefty stuff, and it is, but I think it's more familiar than we realise. Now, I know the first rule of poetry is that everyone's entitled to their own interpretation, but because I did have a specific purpose in writing this poem, or essentially in journaling my thoughts as a poem. I don't want to leave the message up to just your interpretation, not to invalidate it. Please keep your own interpretation because there's probably a weight to it. But again, I don't wanna leave this ambiguous because I do have a specific message that I was trying to communicate to myself at the time when I wrote this. And I guess to summarize, <laughs> It's about the fact that we, as the church, always focus on this faceless mass of souls we need to save. When first of all, Jesus is the only one who saves. So we should stop trying, like literally putting our back into it, you know, to save someone's soul. It's like no, no, rest in God, and He'll give you the instruction you need in order to be the Jesus that someone needs at that time, you know. But anyway, that's besides the point. That's a whole other thing. Our goal as believers, right, is to is to be the body of christ and whilst jesus was in his own body on earth however many thousand years ago he was so radical because he pinpointed the individual and you want to know what made jesus even more radical than the fact that he focused on the individual because that was wild at the time you did not focus on individuals you focused on class you focused on race you focused on belief Jesus decided to not only focus on individuals within any of those categories, all of the above and more. He decided, I also wanna focus on individuals that are second class citizens, individuals that people hate, individuals that people don't like for whatever reason. Those are the individuals I wanna talk to. And I think unfortunately, in Mia's case, that lady may have forgotten that part of Jesus's personality. And that's okay, because we're not perfect all the time, but far be it from me, far be it from the church, if I may speak on behalf of the church, that we become the side characters of the Good Samaritan story purely because we decided not to believe someone in their time of vulnerability. And I know that just like embarrassment is a convoluted emotion, like I said in the last episode, I know that helping someone and you know being present and hearing someone out all of the above is it's not always simple and sometimes we do just jump to whatever conclusions we're feeling at that moment but mia i want to apologize and and anyone else who has been turned away from the church or someone in the church even myself if i have turned you away unintentionally i am sorry that is not the heart of Jesus and as representatives of Jesus Christ, we have done him a major disservice and we have done you a major disservice. And as a little PS to the church, yes, there are horrible, awful things going on in the world and yes, our culture is a little bit crazy, <laughs> as are a lot of other cultures, but I promise you, God is still in control. and even though you may feel like you have a specific purpose and a specific call to solve a specific issue, I believe that your mission starts with your next door neighbor, metaphorically speaking or literally speaking. And I believe that you focusing on a specific issue in that moment in time does not take away from your time walking in your purpose. If you feel called to homelessness, Talking to someone who has a mental disorder does not take away from your time as someone who ministers mainly to the homeless. It only increases the world's chance of seeing Jesus' love. Anyway, to take the heat off of the church for a second, I did want to talk about the role that a significant other plays in our mental health and in our perception of beauty, but I think I'm going to leave it for another main episode. I have an episode planned with a love, dating, and relationship coach, Um, and we'll be talking about beauty and self-confidence and everything else in between in the context of romance, Um, so I will not talk about that so as to save as much content as I can for main episodes. But I think before we wrap, I want to talk about social media a little bit. Now before you get instantly annoyed with me and call me a boomer, even though I'm very much not a boomer because I'm way too young to be in that generation, hear me out. (laughs) I know we still have a tendency to roll our eyes when we hear social media's ruining the minds of our young people, but a point is actually being made. And now, like relationships, I do want to dedicate... A longer episode to the effects of social media on our, our minds, but I just wanted to talk about something really quickly. We, in, especially in America, we want to make everyone responsible for no one but themselves as if we don't affect anyone else by what we do individually. An entire nation, an entire society is built on the backs metaphorically of individual mindsets and individual actions I mean that's partially what made America so different from all the other countries right they were giving more power to the individual and while I would like to acknowledge that in the uh, in the case of thinspo and pro-ana uh, that's pro-anorexia things um, it's a there's a very obvious harmful message being sent At least the people that are receiving that message would probably see that. There are a lot of things on social media that we don't realize are affecting us on our day-to-day. I mean, even in a very very simple sense, the reason we find things fashionable is because a whole bunch of individuals decided that they wanted to wear a certain kind of thing. And I point that out to say that even if you don't have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers, you are influencing someone even if you don't know it. Because everybody's individual mindsets, everybody's individual choices makes a ripple in the ocean that is the internet and the internet makes an even bigger ripple in the ocean that is our world. And if you don't believe me, just look at the trends that are taking place outside of the confines of the internet. Think think even outside of fashion, Entire movements like Black Lives Matter or Me Too, a lot of them nowadays, come from an individual's choice on the internet to speak up. They've decided to speak up to make themselves known. And then the world outside of the confines of the internet is affected. Even these memes that we see, these aren't people who are already internet famous. They're usually people who have really small followings, if any following at all, and then somehow they get spread around the world. That lady who created the word fleek, like eyebrows on fleek, that fleek wasn't a word before she created it, you know what I mean? And she said it once, someone else thought it was funny or catchy or something, and now it's, well, we don't use it a lot anymore because that's the nature of trends. They come and then they go, but it is a commonly known word worldwide now and that was just one individual's choice and so when it comes to posting something on the internet never think that your following is too small or you're too much of an individual to not affect anyone else because the truth is the more individualistic you are the bigger the chance it is that you're you're going to influence someone else because no one wants to follow someone who looks the same as everyone else right no one wants no one thinks that a leader a great leader is the the person who looks exactly like the people who are following him. A great leader is someone who sticks out. And to really drive home my point, just think back to a time when you were really vulnerable and you were really searching for someone, just anyone in the world who could hear you and understand you. If you were on social media, you weren't looking for someone necessarily who had a big following. And if you were looking for someone in the quote unquote real world, you weren't looking for someone who had a ton of friends. You were looking for a single soul who could relate to your experience whether they were weird or not weird known or unknown male female it doesn't matter just someone anyone who could hear you out and understand you and so the next time you post something just think about it am i contributing to a negative narrative or am i contributing to a positive one and i understand that you have no control over other people's actions Regardless of what you post, people are going to take it and run however they want. I understand that. I acknowledge that. And please, you yourself acknowledge that. That you cannot carry the burden of everyone's mental health on your back, on your social media page. But know when you may possibly be contributing to a negative narrative. And now this is a whole complete other subject. I feel like I just keep referencing other subjects that I want to talk about, but... Things like fillers and plastic surgery, Botox, and all this stuff is popular among social media influencers. And yes, there is the narrative of do what you want to do, it's your own body. But you also have to take into account that you could possibly be playing into a negative narrative. People talk about these beauty standards that are perpetuated as if it's only the media, the faceless media, who does it. When it's... no, if if you, you know, get fillers to get big lip... and hey, if you have lip fillers... Whatever. But, just hear me out. If you get fillers to get bigger lips because you want bigger lips because the trend nowadays and what's seen as more beautiful and desirable is to have bigger lips, the message subliminally being communicated to other women who don't have big lips is that they are just as much not part or not anywhere close to the beauty standard as you are. or as they could be and i'm i'm only laughing because it's just kind of it's just kind of ridiculous it's really sad and it's not really something we can change there's always going to be things that we desire as a society that most of us will not be able to reach but it's also acknowledging am i doing this because i have always wanted big lips regardless of the trend Or am I doing this because everyone else who's quote unquote beautiful, for this period of time, because we don't know when the next wave of like, thin lips is gonna be back in style, you know? Um, But am I doing this because everyone else who's beautiful has big lips and I I want to be beautiful, I wanna be seen as beautiful? And be honest with yourself, you know? I know that I've done certain things because I want to be seen as beautiful. I mean, it's natural. But I won't turn around and say I did it just because I wanted to do it. Regardless of anyone else's influence, I don't think it's possible to not ever be influenced. Again, we don't live in a vacuum, we're made- we're individuals, yes, but... You know, after you get to more than one individual, you're no longer just an individual and you start making waves. So anyway, the reason I bring that up is because Mia, as she said in her episode, was influenced by things she saw on social media. And of course, at this point, she was already um, struggling with anorexia and she was using social media to reinforce what she was already struggling with. But the point still stands be careful with what you post and be careful with what you consume. And the church, be careful with how you represent Jesus. I'll see you guys in the next after party. Bye.